0: Hello and welcome to the podcast of Emanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at emmanuelag.com. Again, thank you so much for being here today. So honored for our guests to have joined us as well. If you came to hear an outstanding uh, speaker and you're like, oh, the pastor's not speaking, you're still in for a really great treat. And let me tell you why. Uh, today we do have a guest, and this is the first guest that even before I was in the role that I'm in now, I wanted to bring here to share with us. And I'm not entirely sure why. Because she has an amazing story as far as the organization she's a part of. But I just knew outside of all that, there was a reason that God had something deposited in her to share with us. And I, I just I recognized that. I knew that. And so I'm so excited to have a friend, a colleague, Devin Payne, come on up and sharing with us today. Uh, You know my full-time gig is with a non-profit. Yeah, encourage her. She's coming up. You feel so weird? I feel feel like I'm walking, I don't know. It's like, come on down. You're on The Price is Right. So, Devin's going to tell more about the organization she works with. I see her in a lot of the roundtable meetings that um, I'm a part of with Kiko, just as multiple nonprofits are represented. And um, so, she's got an awesome, awesome organization, Street Hope Tennessee, she's going to be sharing about. And then, I believe the Lord just put something on her heart for us. Amen? Devin, take it away. Thank you.
1: Good morning. Hi. Um, so I'm Devin, as Michael said, and um, I need to give you a couple warnings about myself. First of all, I've been told I talk really fast, so I'm going to try to talk slowly. Okay, okay. So um, I'll try to talk slowly. Also, um, you need to know that whenever I took um, my position with this job, I had several people tell me, and you probably hear this too, um not to be surprised if I become kind of like numb to the stories that I hear and those kinds of things because um, you just get used to it. And when you hear about what we do, you'll understand what I mean. Um, but what happened was that day I hit my knees and I said, Lord, I never want to become used to this because this isn't okay. And I always wanted to break my heart. So now I cry every time I talk about it. So I used to blame it on being pregnant and I'm not pregnant anymore. So um it's not that. Um, it's just the, my heart for this ministry. And so, um, real quick, um, what Street Hope is, is we're a Christ-centered nonprofit that focuses on bringing an end to child sexual exploitation and the sex trafficking of kids here in East Tennessee. You may not know it or want to believe it, but every two minutes, a child is sold for sex in the United States. The average age of that child is 13. This is domestic minor sex trafficking. It's the anytime a commercial sex act is exchanged for something of value, like money, food, shelter, or drugs. What that means is that um, domestic minor sex trafficking, domestic means it happens in the United States. Minor means it happens to people under the age of 18. All right, so we're talking about children, and it's any time a commercial sex act is exchanged for something of value. That could be prostitution, pornography, stripping, erotic massages, any kind of commercial sex act is exchanged for something of value. Money, food, shelter, or drugs. Examples of that could be, um, it's probably no surprise to you all that we have one of the highest rates of drug abuse and addiction in the United States of America in East Tennessee. We have parents here in East Tennessee exchanging their children for sex, for drugs. All right? Um, this is why I told you I asked the Lord not to let me become used to this. Um, we have kids that are vulnerable, that are being lured in through false promises of love and protection. Right? People are. It's not a lot of times when people think of trafficking, they think of the movie Taken. Um, where somebody is snatched and grabbed off the street, locked up, and they're sexually abused. And while that does happen here, that is not what it looks like most of the time in the United States, okay? Um, It's looking like parents exchanging children, okay? Um, It looks like foster children that run away from home that have nothing else to trade. Um, And so people exploit them so that they can have food and shelter, all right? It also looks like, Um, Kids today are online and tell everybody everything about themselves. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. Do you think I'm pretty? My dad hurts me. And somebody comes along and says, okay, I know exactly what that person needs to hear. Hey, you're beautiful. Has anybody ever told you that before? You have the most beautiful eyes. I know that you said that nobody likes you, but here's all the wonderful qualities about yourself. And I know you said your dad hurt you, but I'll never let him touch you again. Traffickers will spend three or four months grooming one person, one person, making them feel like they care and that they love them and they want to take care of them, and then they'll exploit them. If you love me, you'll do this. I've bought you food. I have bought you clothing. I've given you shelter. I've cared for you. And if you love me, then you'll do this. Because I can't make my apartment payment this week because I've paid for you to have X, Y, and Z. So now it's your turn to take care of me, right? That's what it looks like, all right? On any given month in the state of Tennessee, just online, nearly 100 children will be sold. This is what we're talking about. Traffickers could be, um, they could be family members, okay? Okay. They could be women or men, they could be siblings, they could be cousins, they could be teachers, they could be police officers, they could be pastors. Johns, the people that buy, that's just what they're called, Um, they have been, you've probably seen it in the news here in Knoxville, they have been pastors and teachers and parents and et cetera, right? Right? Um, and there's a reason that in scripture that the Lord says that Satan comes disguised as an angel of light. For some reason, we have it in our head that these traffickers are creepy looking people that pull up on the side of the road and offer our kid a lollipop if they get in the van. <laughs> okay. That's not what it looks like. <laughs> they come around and they look attractive and young and they have Um, a silver tongue and they know just what to say. Okay. And they're exploiting children. And so that's what trafficking looks like here. Okay. I could spend hours talking to you about various scenarios, what we've seen. Um, I'm part of a, a group called CSIM, Commercial Sexual Exploitation of Minors group that meets with DC, (laughs) that meets with DCS and, um, the police officers and those things, and literally I have to hear DCS say, hey, this kid has come into custody, and oftentimes this is the trafficking we're seeing here in Knoxville. This kid has come into custody for other reasons. They've been taken away from their family, and we, when we started assessing them, we found out that they'd been trafficked, okay? Because a lot of times that could look like fear. If you tell anybody I'm doing this to you, I'm going to do this to your little sister instead, Right? Um fraud. It could be, hey, you're beautiful. You could be a model, right? And they have the documents to, to show them that they're a real modeling agency. They have money to give them. They have all of these things. And then when they lure them in, that's just not what it is. All right. And people say, well, why don't they leave? Well, they don't leave for a lot of reasons. Okay. One of them being, think about um, domestic violence, how people become dependent on their captor, right? Or their perpetrator. They've developed a trauma bond or a love relationship, okay, because a lot of these children, um, people that are vulnerable to trafficking, they're vulnerable populations, so they're kids. They may have a history of sexual abuse, physical abuse, neglect, substance abusing parent, incarcerated parent, right? And this person, while it's a broken and it's a jaded love and it's not a good love, at least they take care of me all right but also the first thing that a trafficker does is take away the kid's identity right because now this is your fault if you run away and you get caught you're the prostitute all right you sold your body you let this happen to you all right so what are these people going to think about you because this is your fault nobody's going to want you when they know that a 100 men have slept with you oh and you didn't finish school and you, um, you sold yourself, and prostitution's illegal. So when you tell the cops about what happened, you're going to be the one that goes to jail. Which, by the way, is not true. If you're under 18, you cannot be charged for prostitution. Praise Jesus. Um, okay, so all these lies. You're unworthy. You are unloved. You are ugly. You aren't worth anything. You don't know how to do anything. Right? So if I run away, what else is there for me? All right, so this may seem like a a very hopeless situation, but God, who is rich in mercy, here I am crying. (laughs) Okay, God says that before he formed these kids in their mother's womb, he knew them, and that before they were born, he set them apart. He has numbered the days of their habitation, and he knows every single hair on their head. He has plans to prosper them and not to harm them, plans to give them a future out, a future. sorry, <laughs> plans to give them a hope in a future, right? Um, and so we'll touch back to that because it's not the end of that story, but I want you to know that while that sounds hopeless, it's not because we know the God of all hope, okay? And um, he makes beauty out of ashes. Okay, so our mission at Street Hope is to bring an end to sexual exploitation and trafficking of kids and foster healing and hope through Jesus Christ. And and my challenge to you today, before you even leave, is to say, hey, what are we going to do about it? Because once we know about it, we're held accountable. William Wilberforce, who was part of bringing an end to slavery overseas years ago, said, you may choose to look away, but after today, you can never again say you did not know. Right. And also as the body of Christ, we are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Right. Um, and how are these kids going to know if we don't tell them? So um, what we do, we do awareness, prevention, restoration and then prayer here in Knoxville. Awareness, meaning we go around East Tennessee and train people on what trafficking is, how to identify it and how to report it. Because more people trained equal less victims or equal more victims identified, I should say. All right. So we train teachers, we train parents, we train pastors and churches, anybody that can recognize these signs Um, because teachers spend eight hours a day with children. All right. And when we live in a world where oftentimes 70 percent of victims are first victimized in their own home, we can't rely on the parents to report what's happening All right. So, number one, awareness, prevention. God is sovereign, and you'll hear me say that. 25 times today. <laughs> and what I mean by that is he knows what needs to happen before it happens. And then he orchestrates everything to work together so that that thing happens. Um, and we do prevention education around trafficking because more kids educated equal less victims in the first place. And so God is good. And in 2017, it became a requirement in the state of Tennessee for children sixth through ninth grade in public schools to have internet safety education. Well, I don't know if you heard me talking about it or not, but oftentimes today, kids are lured into trafficking online. So we were able to partner with Knox County Schools and Homeland Security, and we developed an Internet Safety video series curriculum called Project Post, Positive Online Social Tools. Um, and in that curriculum, we train kids on how, why you need to be safe online, how to be safe online, and what can happen if you're not. And we teach them about online sexual exploitation and sexting and trafficking, and then if I get stuck in this situation, how do I get out of it? Because even if you make a bad decision, we love you, all right? And we want to help you, and we're not going to judge you, right? There may be consequences, (laughs) okay? But we still want to help you. And so um, since that was launched last November, nearly 2,000 students have been trained in it, Um, but now Knox County is not the only school this semester that's using it. We have a nine- either school systems or counties in general that are using it, and we have 10 that are preparing to launch it. That's 19, all right? Um, and that's only because the Lord is faithful. The uh, the school systems would be asking a faith-based nonprofit to bring education into their schools. Now, let me tell you, we cannot talk about Jesus in this curriculum, but we point them um, to our website, which talks about Jesus all the time. <laughs> um, and um, God says in Isaiah 5511 that my word will not return back void without accomplishing that which I've set it out to do. So we trust him for that. We pray over it. But here's how God is also sovereign. This year on July 1st, it became a requirement for every one of those same children to have human trafficking education as well as every teacher in the public school system. All right. So now we've created an additional piece to this curriculum that people are going to be using as well just on human trafficking and we're being asked to educate teachers okay so pray for us on that um the third thing that we are doing is that you're not going to believe this but in the entire state of Tennessee there are zero safe home or restoration homes I should say for children that are survivors of trafficking zero so um I told you about that nearly a hundred kids are identified just online a month that's only the kids we know of, all right? Um, and so what's happening is they're going to foster care or group homes, all right? Which neither have been equipped to care for these children, all right? It doesn't matter how much you love Jesus. If you're a foster parent, unless you have the appropriate training, it is hard for you to care for these children because um, one of the girls we know here in Knoxville, she lives with a mom that loves the Lord. Um, and she was adopted by this mom and once she was adopted, she disclosed that she was trafficked by her mom um, from the time she was six to the time she was 12. All right? She lives in a fam- with a family that loves the Lord but she genuinely believes, like she looked at her mom a little while ago and said, I deserve to be raped every day. Oh. That's the kind of mental and psychological hold this has on her. So, what do we do about that? Well, God is leading us on this path to open the first safe home in the state where these kids can come and find healing, hope, and restoration through Jesus Christ. Okay? Um, And so, basically what's happened is we had, long story short, um, we had a family that wants to invest in helping us do this, and then we didn't have the funding to go forward, And the next day, we got a phone call from somebody that wanted to give us a whole salary's worth of money and one paycheck. And that paid for somebody. And then we were going, Lord, where do we put this? And then somebody gave us land. And then we were going, Lord, how do we pay for this? And then now we have a capital campaign. And God's taking care of it because God owns the cattle on a thousand hill. All right. And so I'm going to talk about that here in a second. But that being said, that's what we do. And it's like, somebody looked at me yesterday or Friday and said, man, that's a lot going on because this started, like all of this craziness started in 2017. Like our organization started in 2015 and we did awareness, but we had some rocky stuff we faced. And then in 2017, since then, that's when all this started because God has his own timeline and he calls people who are unequipped to, to fulfill his purpose. Um, and so The fourth and final piece of what we do is we pray, because God says he can change the hearts of kings like channels of water, and that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. And that is the most underutilized tool we as Christians use today. In the world. So, we have a group of people that have been praying together monthly since 2012 for us. We always invite people to join us, but the last Tuesday night of every month, we meet together and pray corporately on behalf of those enslaved, the lawmakers, okay, the law enforcement, and the perpetrators. Because God can change their hearts. And I can do all the awareness, prevention, and restoration I want, but this is a sin problem. It's a heart problem. And nothing I do, none of my good things I do is going to bring it into this on my own. And so that's street hope. (laughs) That's what we do. Um, If you want to know about ways that you can get involved with us and ways you could serve with us, um, I have, and I just realized they're in my car, but I will get them as soon as I'm done talking. Um, this, I'm going to borrow this as an example. I have something that's exactly this size, <laughs> um, and you write your name on it. And there are opportunities where you can say, give, pray, share, serve. All right. Um, give, obviously street hope is a Christ in nonprofit. We're hundred percent funded by churches and individuals. We are not taking government funding because we don't want anybody restricting what we can and cannot say. And God owns a cattle on the Thousand Hill. Um, so with that being said, if you feel led, we always need people to give. Um, and if you feel led to give, you can do that. Um, it has a place where you can say, hey, I want to be a monthly partner. I want to make a one-time gift, and that's awesome. But we want you to know that the most important thing you can do is the P, right? It's We call it GPS, give, pray, share. The P stands for pray. <laughs> all right, we need people that can commit to praying with us and for us. And when you check that box on that card, that means you're committing to pray with us and we're gonna send you our prayer guide so you can pray with us, all right? Share means that you're willing to host one of our, tra- you wanna host one of our trainings, our trafficking education trainings, um, which is what equips you to, identify and report it but also with the internet safety education we have a parent training it's called navigating the digital world for adults it sounds really important um, but basically it's a hefty one and a half hour training on how to monitor teens electronic devices and how to keep them safe online and we don't let kids come to it because they are smart but I don't want to give them any additional, easier access to the things we're telling them, (laughs) okay? Um, So, share means, hey, I want to do one of these things. Um, And basically, somebody from my organization will follow up with you on what that is. Um, And then volunteer means, hey, I want to learn more about ways I can volunteer with you. Right now, there's not a ton of hands-on things all the time. Like in January, we have a race we need people to volunteer with. Um, and on in three weeks we have our annual fundraising dinner and we're having door holders like people that are willing to come and greet people it's at the convention center and there's like 20,000 doors to the convention center I don't know if you've ever been there before <laughs> um, but you can stand at the door and <laughs> direct to people. people um, so those are volunteer opportunities but when the home is open one of the things um that the girls so the home is going to be for girls 12 to 17 and they'll um, 12 to 17 years old and we can have 10 girls at a time um, and they will experience a safe place right and they'll have their physical needs met but we're also talking about like their emotional and their mental things too so like we're going to get help them catch up on school but we're also going to teach them life skills like there's a lot of people who have never been told you need to shower yeah. like x amount of times a week you need to wear deodorant you, this is how you balance your checkbook. This is how you save money, right? Those kinds of things. So they'll get life skills. Um, and then also, like, we're going to teach them about Jesus, people, <laughs> okay? Um, and we're going to be Jesus to them. And so if you are a woman in particular and you feel gifted um, in working with kids or you have a niche, something else we're going to give them the opportunity to do is to learn things like, hey, dance, cooking, baking, Um, one of our options is literally beekeeping. We have somebody that wants to teach them beekeeping because of how you can literally start something and then you see the end product too and you kind of can see how I can do this. Like I can start it, I can make it. Well, they don't make it, but you know. Um, I can sell it and then, you know, they can learn those things. And so if you have gifts you would like to share in that home when that's open, we welcome that too so i will make sure i'll have some of those cards i'll run to my car and get them right after i'm done talking and then you can fill those out so that's ways if you want to know how you can get involved with us um that that's some of the ways but that's not exactly all that i'm here to talk about this morning and so um michael had asked me to come and kind of share what's on my heart and what i'm passionate about aside from From Street Hope. And um, that's what I'm going to do. But I'm going to pray first. So if y'all will join me. Um, Dear Father God, Lord, you are awesome and you are mighty and you are good and you are sovereign and you are faithful, God. And so I praise you, Lord, that you don't need us, um, God, but you choose to use us. And that, um, God, you never call us to anything you don't equip us to do. But you also allow us to walk through circumstances to sharpen us and make us more like Christ, God. You call us to be holy as you are holy, Father God. Um, and you walk with us and you equip us as we draw near, Father God. Um, I pray this morning that you would be here, that your Holy Spirit would fill this place, that you would place your words in my mouth, not my own, God, um, but yours and what you want to be said, God um, Lord, (laughs) thank you for your presence, thank you, um, for sending your son, Father God, for our sins, because, um, because of that, Father God, we know that we have eternal assurance, um, that when we come to know you, Father God, that we can spend eternity with you, Father, and we praise you for that, Lord, um, be here this morning, we love you, and we praise you, and we ask all this in your name, amen, um, Sorry, I'm like stuttering over my words. Um, so the theme verses at Street Hope, Tennessee are Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. Anybody familiar with that scripture? Um, I have my Bible open to it. I don't know why, because I know it, because I claim it every day. Um, Isaiah 61, 1 through 3 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because God has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of our God, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort those who mourn and grant those who mourn in Zion given them a garland of beauty instead of ashes, joy instead of mourning, a mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting, so they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planning of the Lord that he may be glorified. So, um. <laughs> But amen, yes. So what you need to know about that scripture is that a lot of times when people hear me talk about what I do, they want to know how I got involved with it in the first place. And some of you may not even, you may be sitting here going, I didn't even know this was going on in the first place. Okay, and that was me at some point. But I need to take you back to the beginning, because God orchestrates all things, right? There's nothing that takes him by surprise, okay? Um, he causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. Um, and nothing can thwart his plans. And so, um, and you need to know. So my mom and my baby are sitting back there. Um, my mom's here this morning. Um, my husband is not. He's a volunteer at church and so he couldn't be here. But, um, so my mom and my dad, I grew up in a home where my parents loved the Lord. So passionate. My mom is way too humble, but she goes around and does women's conferences. And um, people often refer, like, when they're trying to explain to my mom, they're like, think K-author, Beth Moore. Like, that's mom. Um, my dad's an elder at our church. The point of me telling you this is they love Jesus a lot. Okay? So I grew up in a home where my parents were constantly pouring Jesus into us. All right? And telling us they loved us every day. I also have a younger brother who is 24 and he's moving back to Tennessee. Praise the Lord on Tuesday. Um, And he's been serving in Texas for a year with a ministry. And then I have a sister and her name is Jordan and she would be 30, but she's in heaven with Jesus. Okay. And so the reason I'm telling you with this story is there's purpose. Um, In 2009, It'll actually be 10 years next week. My sister was killed in a car accident. And before that, um, you need to know that when we grew up, she um, was very quiet and reserved, but she was that, ty- that kind that, like, when you picked on somebody, she was going to kick your rear, right? She stood up for the least of these. Um, it's interesting, Michael, when you're talking about all the kids you serve in the areas with KITCO, Um my sister was known for picking up homeless people off the street when she was young and had her license and taking them to western heights walter p taylor whatever she wasn't afraid of anything she'd give everybody her clothes my clothes everybody's clothes my clothes a lot okay (laughs) my clothes a lot (laughs) um to the point that mom and dad put a lock on my door with the key because she kept taking my clothes to give them to other people and she still found out how to get in my room okay (laughs) Um, and so that's what she did. She cared for the least of these. All right. Well, around the time that she was 14 or 15, I can't even tell you at this point. Um, it was like a light switch went off in my sister. All of a sudden, um, she started running away. Um, she started self-medicating. She could hardly walk through the doors of the church. And this girl loved Jesus. Okay. Um, she could hardly walk through the doors of the church and she was just, broken and it looked like to most people like really bad rebellion and here's the thing yes people can be rebellious but this was literally overnight couldn't figure out what's going on she's going to counseling she's going to therapy she's doing all these things um and no change so this goes on for about five years my sister um so she got married in april she turned 20 in may and then she died in september okay that's kind of the timeline of her life Sometime before that, shortly before that, she sat down and she finally told my mom that she had been sexually abused by her best friend's dad and her next door neighbor. But she had never told anybody. Okay? Because this is what happens. Satan is called the accuser of the brethren for a reason. Okay? Um, he had convinced her that it was her fault. Um, and so when she told mom what happened, mom read her Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. Um, and Jordan said, Mom... That's what I've always wanted to do, but God can't use me because I'm too filthy. And mom said, no, 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 no. This is what the Lord says about you. All right? And so God began to take her on a path of healing, but then he chose to take her home. Why? Because he's sovereign. I don't have an answer. All I know is that God says my thoughts are higher than your thoughts and my ways are higher than your ways, so says so, so, the Lord. Um, in Habakkuk 1.5, God says, look among the nations and be amazed and astonished because I'm doing something in your day. You would not understand even if I told you. Right? So it's not my God. It's not my job to question God and, and be mad at him and to ask why because he has a plan and a purpose. Um, David Platt uses the illustration all the time. He says, God sees um eternity from a mosaic tile perspective when you're up close it looks like a hot mess (laughs) okay i use the word hot mess he does not use that word okay it looks like a hot mess but when you back away it makes a beautiful picture all right so i'm never going to know why the lord chose to allow those things to happen but i do know that i've seen fruit come out of that number one my sister is no longer in any pain and she is worshiping around the feet of jesus okay so don't feel bad for her okay because she is fully restored Okay. Number two, um, I watched my mom and dad stand up in front of 2000 people at her funeral 2000. I don't know where they came from, but they came. Um, and basically stand here and say, Hey, we love our daughter, but we want you to know that God's faithful. And we're going to tell you about him and share the gospel with 2000 people two days after my sister died. Okay. So that happened. But then this happened. Anybody ever felt like, you know, God just allows everything to touch your life to equip you and to train you and to prepare you for a purpose. Okay. That was me. So it's kind of like when God took my sister home that he gave me her heart for the least of these. All right. I always cared about the least of these, but all of a sudden it was out of control. And so when I went to college, I was a senior in high school when this happened to her and, and I went to college and I just was not, I was <laughs> trying to be a nutrition major what? I wanted to be a dietitian. I don't know why. Don't ask. Um, and I thought I was going to live overseas and be a missionary in Kenya. All right. Went to Kenya, tried that, um, lived there for a summer. And that's where the Lord closed the door and said, come back home. And around that time, that same year, I went to Passion 2012. And that's where I heard for the first time ever, there are 27 million slaves in the world today, more than any other time in history. What are you going to do about it, body of Christ? Um, 40,000 students, okay? And so that was where I very much felt like the Lord said, Devin, this is the way, walk in it, okay? The problem with that, not the problem, but the thing is is there were zero, there weren't any counter-trafficking things happening in Tennessee or in Knoxville. So um, I just started asking the Lord, God, what does this mean? What does this look like? And so... Um, that day, you could give money to the counter-trafficking movement in honor of somebody. So I did it in honor of my sister, and I was like, oh, I'm going to write her verse down because we call Isaiah 61, 1 through 3, Jordan's verses. So I started writing them down, and I was writing, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, freedom to the prisoners. And I said, Lord, that's what these verses are about. Oh, my gosh. Um, and those became my theme verses, all right, for my life. I didn't know what they meant. Just knew that's where the Lord was leading me. So fast forward, I go to college. I was working, um, I graduated, and I was actually doing all the drug education in Knox County schools for kids. They called me the drug lady. It was an awesome name to have. <laughs> okay, so I was doing that education, and I loved my job, and it was not a Christ-centered organization, but I could be Jesus and share the gospel with these kids one-on-one. And I did it. And if I got fired, I didn't care. (laughs) Okay. Um, and so I love my job and I was, I was happy and I was content. Here's your sign (laughs) y'all. Like when you get content, um, or, you know, complacent, probably is a better word. But, um, my pastor always says that God is either like about you take, about to Take you into a trial. Either you just came out of a trial, you're about to go into a trial, right? Um, Or you're in the middle of one. Because if you're walking and pursuing the Lord and being salt and light, Satan, you are a threat to Satan, okay? And if you aren't experiencing any of those things, then I say this in a very kind kind of way, like do some introspective looking into what you're doing and make sure you're following Christ. Right? Because Satan doesn't like you and he doesn't want you to do those things. But that's why God's placed you here on earth to be the hands and feet and to pour out. It's not for us. Because if you know Jesus, then you get to spend eternity in perfection someday. Okay. And it doesn't look anything like this. (laughs) All right. So, soapbox. I'm so sorry. Um, and so I'm complacent. I'm happy. I'm content in my job. And um, my mom gets a phone call from chad sparks who is our board chair and street hope tennessee is looking for a new executive director and they had been praying for who that person was and they felt like it was tracy ammons my mom <laughs> hey mom um and my mom said oh i'll come talk to you but i don't know anything about this and so she went and met with them and basically just said hey i'll pray about this but i really don't feel like this is for me but maybe you should talk to my daughter Devin. i was 24 by the way people when this is going on to be an executive director of an organization. And my mom says, yeah, you know, I'll, you know, I'll maybe you should talk to my daughter. And when you hear Chad tell this story, he was like, yeah, okay, I'll talk to your 24-year-old daughter about being an executive director of an organization. Um, and so <laughs> um, they left that. Mom kind of called me and told me she threw me under the bus and I said, ooh, I don't want that job. <laughs> um, I know that God told me that I'm supposed to be involved with trafficking, but that's not what it's supposed to look like. Like I think I know what the Lord had planned for me. And I said, I I can't be an executive director, I am 24, I don't know what I'm doing, I don't wanna lead an organization, I don't know how to do that. Meanwhile, I was volunteering with another organization in Knoxville, and that same month, they released kind of like a bio on me about why I'm passionate about trafficking. And it ended up in the hands of every single member of the street hope board. And I got, um, and everything I just told you about my sister and passion was in it. And so I got a phone call from Chad and he said, Hey, I need to talk to, and I didn't know him fairly at all. And he said, Hey, I need to talk to you about, you know, X, Y, and Z. And I said, Ooh, I'll come talk to you, but you need to know, like that job's not for me. Um, I am too young Nobody's going to listen to me. Um, and by the way, it was like a part-time job. There were no benefits. I was a newly married woman, and I carried our insurance. Like, it just did not make sense. But here's the thing. God doesn't always call us the things that make sense, right? Because if we can do them, then we don't have to rely on him to do those things. And so here's what happened is I went and I met with Chad, and I said, I sat down. Well, before I met with Chad, this is what happened. God rebuked me badly, okay? Because here's what he said to me. Um, Hey, David. Hey, Devin. Who was David? Who was Mary? Who were Joseph? Who was Timothy? They were real young. Do you know what I used them to do? It wasn't about them. Hey, Devin. Um, first 1 Corinthians <laughs> 126. Um, I choose the weak things of the world to prove myself strong. Okay. And the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And second Corinthians, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Okay. And oh, by the way, Esther, I don't need you. Okay. It's not about you. You may, you know, you can choose to rise up or you can choose not. You may choose to look away. Right. But if you do, I will raise up somebody else because I don't need you. Wow. It's not about you. So are you going to say yes or no? If you say no, I'm not missing out on anything because I have somebody else to do it. You're the one that's missing out on the blessing. So what are you going to do? but god um i go to a meeting with chad and chad says hey let me tell you why i'm passionate about trafficking and i said tell me and he says um on super bowl sunday one year i was writing i was doing a sermon and that was where i found out that just so you all know more people are sold for sex on super bowl sunday than any other day of the year they bust them in on tractor trailers to wherever Super Bowl is and sell them out of the trucks Um, and so Chad his heart was breaking about it and God took him to Luke 4 where Jesus stands up in the synagogue and says the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because God has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to 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 the captives and then he sits down and says this has been fulfilled in your presence and I said Jesus is quoting Isaiah 61 (laughs) Did my mom tell you about that verse? And he said, what are you talking about? Um, and I said, let me tell you. And so I told him. And the Lord was present there. And long story short, y'all, um, I go home, I get in the car, and all of a sudden I was going, I can't do this job, I can't do this job, I don't want this job, to I can't do this job, I can't do this job, but I think I'm supposed to take this job. <laughs> um, and I got on Street Hope's website, for the first time, because, you know, responsible people research the organizations they're trying to, you know, apply for, and I didn't, because I didn't want it. Um, but Street Hope, our theme verses are Isaiah 61, 1 through 3, right? So I get in the car, and I see that, and I'm going, Lord, what are you doing? Okay, so all that being said, I started working at Street Hope, and this has nothing to do with me. I want you to be clear. I tell people all the time, God took a 24-year-old at the time. I've been there three years now. God took a 24-year-old because he wanted everybody to look at what he was doing and say that had to be God because there's no way that she could have done that. Okay, so this is what I'm here to tell you. God says in 1 Thessalonians 5.24, Faithful is he who calls you, and he will bring it to pass. Okay, he will bring it to pass. And sometimes I sit here and I'm going, God, how we need literally $2 million to build a home from scratch to care for these girls. How are, your, how am I, how am I going to do that, God? And he says, it's all up to you. This is not a workspace thing. Okay. It has nothing to do with you. I've called you and I will provide. And that's what he's doing. Right. But if we say no, then we miss out on the blessing. Okay. Um, and God doesn't say it's going to be easy either. You know, like we think that if we say yes to the Lord, that it's all going to be like roses and, I don't know what else to compare it to, but it's not, okay? Um, but what's happened is sometimes we have this mentality, especially in the nonprofit world, and looking at what we're facing, trafficking is like this insurmountable thing, and we go, God, how how could you... Look, what's going on down here? This is mass chaos. But here's the thing. In Isaiah 66, God tells us he is sitting enthroned in heaven and the earth is his footstool. He is not up there wringing his hands wondering what the heck's going on down here. Okay? He has ordained all times in all epochs, and appointed all things to happen. And all things are working together to the counsel of his will. Okay? And he has a plan. And if you're sitting there and you're going, but how can this be good when I'm going through He is good, okay? God doesn't always, um, take us out of our circumstances, but he walks with us through our circumstances, right? And in that, he's making us more like Christ. And then here's the thing. I will tell you from a personal perspective, I can now come alongside other people who have lost siblings or loved ones, and I can pour into them the same way others poured into me, okay? That's what he doesn't waste anything. And so here's the thing. Um, because God's working all things together according to the counsel of his will, does that mean we can sit back and do nothing? No, because God's made it very clear for us to go and make disciples, to pour out, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And all every time you see that in a Bible, it's not an option, it's a command. He doesn't say, hey, if you feel like it today, go share the gospel with that person that's sitting beside you. If you feel like it today, go feed the homeless. If you feel like it today, do X, Y, and Z, right? It's go do it, body of Christ. And here's the thing. In Acts 2, I love Acts, okay, y'all? If you hang out with me too much, that's all I talk about, and this is why. Because the church of Acts is what I want to be. Because here's what happened. Jesus is ascended into heaven, right? He's come back. He rose from the dead. He came back. He was here 40 days. And then he ascends into heaven. And then what happens? Angels look at them and say, hey, y'all, what are you looking at? He's ascended into heaven, but go pray together because I'm sending the Holy Spirit, a helper to you. Y'all, the Holy Spirit had never come and dwell and been and dwelt in those people like that. Okay, so here's what happens. They're going, they're praying together. They are broken. God is breaking people. Okay, the Holy Spirit falls. People are speaking in tongues and people are going, what the heck is going on? And Peter says, they are filled with the Spirit. You crucified Jesus. But now you can have eternal life with him and shares the gospel. And 3,000 people get saved. Well, then this is what happened. It says those 3,000 people started fellowshipping, breaking bread together, praying together. And then they began selling their belongings to the point where nobody had any needs left. Because the body of Christ met those needs. Y'all, people sometimes will go, well, that was, that was in the New Testament. I and mean, that was a long time ago. Y'all, God has given us Jesus. This is the best part about Christianity, okay? Here's the thing. God has told us what to do. He sent us an example of what to do. His name is Jesus. And then he's given us the Holy Spirit to help us walk in obedience and to have the strength and ability to do those things. It's not that hard. Is this possible? Yeah, because I believe that the word of God is 100% inerrant, and there is nothing that is not spoken from the mouth of God that's in here. And if he says that, I want to do it. And I'm going to be faithful to do that. And so here I am today, looking at you as a 27-year-old now, going, God's not given us an option as a body of Christ on whether or not we need to get involved with something. I'm not telling you that every single person here has to be involved in the counter-trafficking movement. It's going to break everybody's heart. I get that. But God doesn't call everybody the same things, either. But he has called you to do something. And if you're not doing something, you're being disobedient. All right? And so I want to challenge you to raise your voices for the voiceless. To figure out what God's called you to do, whether it's serving the children downstairs or it's serving the people under the bridge downtown. I can't. I'm not your Holy Spirit. I don't know what that is. But if you be still long enough and listen... He will tell you and show you what that is. And then he blesses the works of your hands. Does that mean money? No, not necessarily. Okay? But he will be glorified. Okay? He will be glorified for our good. It's for our good and for his glory. All right? We're not storing up riches here on earth. We're storing them up in heaven. I don't want to be here much longer. I don't know about y'all, but it's like mass chaos here, and I'm tired of it. (laughs) Okay, I'm tired of it. And so um, I want to challenge you to claim Galatians 2.20 and say, hey, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain, all right? And when you leave here today to figure out whatever it is God's called you to, and if you can't wrap your mind around how all that works, let me tell you the rest of the story. For this safe home here's what actually happened i started working at street hope tennessee in february of 2017. we had twenty thousand dollars in our bank account and they hired me and said hey you can come on full time but you're going to run out of money so if you don't raise more money then you're not going to have a job <laughs> and i am a 24 year old me and my husband was 26 i was carrying the insurance at my old job and all of a sudden, we both were, God was telling us that we, this is for sure what we're supposed to be doing. And it didn't make any sense, but we did it and we walked in obedience. And the Lord started blessing that obedience. But here's what happened. October of 2017, I got a phone call from somebody I have never met in my, I had never met in my entire life. And they said, Hey, Devin, you don't know us, but God's laid it on our heart to partner with your ministry to help you buy your land and build your house up to half a million dollars. And I said, "You want to do what?" <laughs> and Chad and I met with them and sure enough, they, that's what they wanted to do and they left we left the meeting with them and I looked at Chad and I said, "This is awesome, but like I can't do this by myself." Cuz now the schools wanted we're using us and we're doing trainings and how do we do all these things? And so we prayed together. We prayed together. Because God says, "If you ask anything according to my will, I will do it." Right. Um, And so we asked and prayed. And I'm not telling you it happens this quick all the time. Right. Because sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he says no. And sometimes he says, hold on. (laughs) Right. Um, But he was faithful. And what happened is the next morning I got a phone call from somebody I have never met in my entire life. Hey, Devin, you don't know me, but God's laid it on mine and my husband's heart to give you an end of the year gift. It was a full salary in one check. So in two days, we had half a million dollars and we had a salary check that I could hire somebody with to start working towards a safe home. So then this is what happens. We hire this person. Her name is Amy. Amy comes on in an absurd way, just as absurd as mine was. (laughs) God, she came on kicking and screaming, but knowing that she was walking in obedience to the Lord. Two weeks after Amy started, we found out we could not renovate a house we had to build from the the ground up. And the reason why is because we need 10 bedrooms. We need a classroom. This is a big house, people. Okay. And so we are really disappointed and we left that meeting and we are out deep in the boonies for this meeting. And Amy said, hey, I know this sounds crazy, but I know somebody that lives here like five minutes away and She's got a whole bunch of land, and it's really pretty, and she loves Street Hope, and like, maybe she would be willing to just sell some of it to us, and I was like, well, is it for sale, and she said, no, (laughs) and I was like, okay, so we get there, we show up, and she's home, and all she said to us was, what are you doing, I can't believe you, I can't believe you came out this far, I can't believe you came out this far, what are you doing here, we were an hour away from her office, and we kind of told her what was going on, and she said, I have been asking the Lord on whether or not I'm supposed to give you this land. And I said, God, I don't want this to be of me. I want it to be of yourself. So if this is of you, you're going to have to make it very obvious this is what I'm supposed to do. And you've showed up at my house, and I want to give you my land. And so now we have 15 acres of land in the middle of nowhere, right? Um, Which is exactly where this house needs to be because people can't know where it is. And then, so now we're doing this capital campaign and we have all this money we need to raise and yada, yada, yada. And we're in the middle of that. But God is faithful and he is gonna provide because I refuse to be like Israel, okay? Because Israel, I read about them sometimes and I'm like, how can y'all be so stupid? Okay, God delivered you out of Egypt. He led you by fire by night and by cloud by day. He split the Red Sea in half and you walked on dry land and the people that were chasing you all drowned. OK, and now you're sitting here saying you don't want to go forward because there's giants. OK, um, but I do that all the time. So let's not forget where the Lord's been faithful to deliver us as we have walked in obedience. OK, because here's what happens is we're praying every day, God, don't let us be, Let we want to be like Moses. Don't lead us up from here if your presence doesn't go with us. All right, because otherwise it's done in vain. So I'm here to tell you my story, but to tell you it's not over and to ask you to pray with us because God is doing great and awesome things and when it happens, because it will, because he said it will, then we're going to glorify him and everybody's going to look at it and say that had to be God because nobody else could have done that. So, all that being said, that's my story. Um, I want to encourage you this morning to trust and obey, right? Trust the Lord because he is faithful and obey him and don't figure out, y'all, I am top A to the max. My mom's probably laughing in the back because I need to know all the details. And <laughs> <laughs> that's just not how God works. It's not. Okay. And here's the thing. I'm so pea-brained that I couldn't understand it even if he told me, right? But then on the other hand, I want to encourage you and let you know that these girls that I've been telling you about, if that's you, if you have brokenness, God makes beauty out of ashes, people. We say all the time, Isaiah 61, it says he will make a gar, give you a garland of beauty instead of ashes, joy instead of mourning, a mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting, so they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. God doesn't put band-aids on brokenness. He makes beauty out of ashes. All right. But number two, he says he can make them firmly planted oaks of righteousness in him. Right? Not flowers that spring up or weeds that dry up or waves or whatever. Like firmly planted oaks of righteousness in Him. They're not going anywhere. But they have to be founded in Jesus. Right? So, that's my encouragement to you. I need to quit talking because I told you I would talk all day long. But, um, I'm praying for you all. I'm so excited to see what the Lord's doing at your church, through your church. Um, And I just encourage you, ask the Lord, seek him, figure out where you need to be plugged in and then plug in, right? Because God has given each of you gifts here. We talk about that all the time. We are a body. This is a manual assembly. And I go to First Baptist Church of Powell. They are two completely different churches. But guess what? We're the same body. We worship the same God. God doesn't congregate us by where we go. We're a body. So, like, figure out, like, I don't have your gifts necessarily. Okay. And I'm stupid. Okay. So, I need smart people to help me. And so do you. (laughs) So, come together. Because when we're together as a whole, we are better as one. Right. Um, So, that's all I got to say. I'm going to quit talking now. But thank you (laughs) for having me this time.
0: Devin, thank you so much for just sharing. I want you to stay up here just for a second. Uh, A couple things I want to really encourage you to do. Um, connect with her when she's uh, done running outside, grabbing those cards, (laughs) connect with her. And I believe that she, somebody, it has, it has borne witness with your spirit. This is something that you were supposed to hear. It was for you. It was for today. I don't know if there's something that's happened in your past or if this is, um, gonna maybe perpetuate some healing, uh, because of what has happened in your life or maybe someone in your family or someone you know, but you needed to be here today. You needed to hear her story and you needed to hear what Street Hope is about. So please, I want to encourage those to connect with her. Um, It might be a gift that you're going to give. And I'm not worried about our finances. I'm worried about the kingdom of God and you being on the receiving end of being a part of that blessing. Amen. And I believe there's something that you're going to sow into Street Hope today uh, that is going to be a blessing to them and to you because you're going to be obedient. And of course, we can all pray this week. We have been made aware. Our eyes are open. We can't unsee this. We can't unknow what we have learned today that is going on right here in Knoxville in the corridors of of 75 and 40. We're, just, we're in a, a unique place, both for the drug epidemic that we're facing right now and also the trafficking issues. But you know what? You know who's the answer? The, the body of Christ, Jesus. Jesus is the hope of the world. And we have an opportunity to be mobilized into that. So I want to encourage you to pray this week with me. Because what we have seen, we can take to the Lord in prayer and let him digest that in our hearts and spirits this week. Will you do that with me? Amen. Amen. Would you stretch out your hand this morning? I want us to pray over Devin, over Street Hope, over her family, over the ministry. Let's do that together. Father, we just thank you so much for Devin. We thank you, God, for your hand upon her life, Lord. And we're not worried about her being qualified, God. We recognize the call and we recognize that your spirit is upon her, Jesus. We ask that she would continue to walk in the wisdom and revelation that only you can unfold before her, Lord. We just pray doors wide open, favor highways of holiness, Lord, mountains coming down and becoming valleys, Lord. We just thank you, God, that the provision is there. And Lord, you're going to receive all the glory because only you could do it. Bless her family. Pray that this would be just such a sweet season of refreshment, God for her family, for her kids. God, I just pray that there would just be um, a, new, a new refreshing, God, of your spirit speaking to them, of your presence in their home, of a, a refuge of peace and just a safe haven there for their spirits. Lord, we thank you, God, that what you're doing in her, you're doing through her. And Lord, we just pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Amen.